Hey everybody, welcome to an all new episode of 30 on Broadway Talking Blue Shirts. This is Chris. I am flying solo tonight as Nick has been pulled away, the busy man that Nick is. So I will be taking you through this week's episode leading up to the stadium series on Sunday. We're probably going to do a recording, uh, maybe Saturday as like a preview going into that game. Um, And then we'll be back on our you know, following Monday or so to kind of get a recap and, and whatnot. But wanted to talk about the, the Rangers' five-game win streak, um, as well as some, some observations and some things going on of, of recent. Obviously, going to just touch on it really quick, the Super Bowl. You know, the biggest sports sports event of the, of the year by far, without question, can't even doubt it, uh, has the Kansas City Chiefs come out on top again beating the San Francisco 49ers again. Hopefully we don't have a repeat of COVID like we did the last time they beat the 49ers because that would royally suck. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but um, just a couple things from the Super Bowl. I mean, I the overtime. How how does a team in the Super Bowl, and, and we've seen this happen in football a couple of times, probably most people would be like, Remembering um, McNabb with the with the Eagles, not knowing overtime rules, but I mean a regular season game. But how do you go into the Super Bowl and you don't know the overtime rules? And I get that they changed. I understand that, but wow, wow, and and not only that, but why do teams? And, and this is notably against like Kansas City this season because it, it felt like in the playoffs. This was just the way it happened. Why were teams, why did they just stop doing what was working? You know, or the 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 term, you know, you always, when you had your opponent down, you have them on the mat, you go for the knockout. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't take, you don't back off. And it was like Kansas City just kind of, probably like all postseason, just hung in there. Just did what they had to do to stay within striking distance. And then when it mattered, and, and maybe that's why they're a great team, when it mattered, they struck and took advantage. I mean, Kelsey, for instance, was doing nothing the whole game. Kind of like Kittle for, for the 49ers. But Kelsey's doing nothing all game. They have effectively zeroed him out. You have his meltdown on the sideline. On Andy Reid. And then you let him become a factor in the game. And he becomes a big factor. And the rest is history. Obviously Kansas City goes on to win. Again. And now they're going to try for a three-peat. But, man, it's got to suck to be Kyle Shanahan. 0-3 in the Super Bowl. And in all three of those Super Bowls, and one of them, obviously, not head coach, as he was a coordinator. But all three, his team has had a 10-point lead, and they've lost. That is brutal. That is a brutal stat. Just a brutal stat. Just absolutely terrible. Halftime show, Usher, one of the best. One of the best halftime shows. Just got just to gotta point that out. I know Nick will sit here, and he will... Nick will listen to this and he will jump and he'll say Prince 
is still number one in my book, and he's got a, a damn good argument and probably 100% accurate. I don't know if anybody will ever top Purple Rain in the absolute pouring rain and Prince just doing what he did. But this Usher show was damn good. You know, killed it with Alicia Keys. I know the memes and everything that going on from that, which are hilarious. But Alicia Keys was phenomenal. Her on guitar, she absolutely killed it. Kind of was channeling a little bit of Prince there, I feel like. She was doing her thing. It was was awesome. And then you can't have a big performance or a big event with Usher and not bring out Lil John and Luda. And that sealed it up. I, I kind of, you kind of had to know that was coming. But I was sitting there all week going up to it just saying, he's got to have them, right? Like, they had to do it again, right? They had to. And and there they were. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Just just awesome. Top to bottom. And it, and it really kind of like separated the game because the first half of the game was ugh. And the second half, pretty exciting. And over time was just like, what the hell? I, I don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how you survive that if you're San Francisco. And cause good lord. Just just terrible. Just terrible all around. Alright, let's jump into the Rangers. Gonna wrap it up. This is gonna be a short episode, because obviously I don't have Nick here, and it's just me riling on and on. But the Rangers riding into a five-game win streak as they are getting ready to take on the Montreal Canadiens. Whether you're listening to this podcast, it's a Thursday night game. Whether you're listening to it late night Wednesday when I'm recording, or you're listening to it tomorrow, they're rolling into a five-game win streak against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, kind of have steadied themselves. You know, it's it's interesting how we kind of go, you know, especially like with the podcast recordings. And this is kind of why I wish like we did more. And, and maybe that's something. Maybe it's something that I jump into looking at doing is, you know, maybe middle of the week and then, you know, depending on game, game act, action and whatnot. But, you know, our last episode, we're talking about the West Coast disaster, how terrible of a road trip it was. You know, they come home, they get embarrassed by the Vegas Golden Knights again after being embarrassed by them on the road in Vegas. You know, and you're just sitting there going, this team needs to make changes. Things need to happen. You know, Capo Caco comes back into the lineup and we're thinking, all right, the top line is going to be, you know, settled. And he spends like what, like a game or so, a game and change, if even that, on the top line before he's dropped down to the third. And you're going, what the hell? Blake Wheeler's back up on the top line. You know, the power play, which which hasn't scored and still hasn't scored since the 5-2 Ducks win. The only win on the West Coast road trip was the last time that the Rangers have scored on, on the power play. And, you know, you're sitting there going, are the wheels coming off or is this just a really bad slump? And Nick and I were kind of, you know, going back and forth on this. I know Nick got the clip, you know, if you've if you've gone on and seen our, our brand new TikTok, you know, Nick's clip of Adam Henrique, you are a New York Ranger. Um, that stemmed a lot of talk was that the Rangers need to make, you know, they've got a third line center problem. You know, obviously, with Philip Heedle being out and, and who knows the status on that, you know, we know, obviously, for this year, without question, we know that for sure. But going forward, you know, the, that's very much up in the air. Um and right wing, top line right wing, which has been a problem since the Pavel Buchnevich trade. Let's just, you know, there's no rocket science there, and I'm not saying anything shocking. It's just flat out what it is. But you have, you know, you have this, uh, 
you know, this, this glaring problem that you're, you're sitting there going, is it just, again, is it just a bad slump or is there something more to this? And, you know, do the Rangers desperately need their break, the all-star game and, you know, their eight days off, you know, get out of, get out of, get out of their heads or whatever. And, and they end up going into the break. They, they, they lead off with a big win. You know, they follow up the embarrassing loss returning home against Vegas. They follow it up with a, a, a beatdown of the Ottawa Senators up in Ottawa. Then they have the all-star break. And since then, they've riled off some really impressive wins. They riled off a, a, a rally against the Colorado Avalanche that they won 2-1 to in overtime. Um, really exposed Alexander Georgiev, shocker, um, who's just abysmal in net for Colorado. But that's, you know, really no surprise there. They play a Tampa team that honestly was was... Probably their most solid and sound game that they've played all year. And you're sitting there going, all right, you know, Jonathan Quick in net for both of those games. We haven't seen Igor yet post-All-Star break. He looked kind of okay in the All-Star game. You know, but it's the All-Star game, so who does it really matter? And they go into Chicago. Things looking okay. And then the third period, the team just kind of shuts it off. And they end up having to salvage themselves, and and they do, and they get the win in overtime. And that's one of those games where it's kind of like, if it was at any other point in the season, pre the slump, you just kind of would sit there and say, take your points, get the hell out of Dodge, and just whatever. But that was one of those games where it was like, the overall play was, was just bad. Igor had some big saves, but again, kind of still was exposed, especially high glove side. And then you had, you know, just the, the lazy, sloppy, ugly third period. And probably the first game that I could say Peter Laviolette kind of coached himself, spiraled into the ground. I think the the juggling of stuff and, and things that he was trying to do, just nothing worked. Um, fortunately, they were able to, to salvage the two points against a team that they absolutely had to beat. And they extend the win streak to four games. You get out of Dodge, you get an overtime win, you get a nice goal from Mika, you're kind of hoping maybe that kind of snaps snaps his funk. The power play woes continue, but you got a four-game win streak. Now you got a big test because coming up that Monday, you got the Calgary Flames with Jacob Markstrom in net, who has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL and is being highly watched and highly coveted by plenty of teams. Um, you know the Her- Carolina Hurricanes would absolutely love to get their hands on Jacob Markstrom because they sorely need a goaltender. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of teams that sorely need goaltenders. The Philadelphia Flyers right now for for other reasons, obviously. But there's plenty of teams in the NHL that really need a goaltender. The Devils, another one, but whatever. We hope they don't ever get one. But you have you know, him coming in, and good Lord did he steal the show in the beginning of that game. The Rangers easily could have won this game 5-0. Igor looked fantastic. Jacob Markstrom was equally as fantastic. Made some beautiful saves, including robbing Blake Wheeler uh, on on what probably 90% of the time, I would say, maybe even more, that puck goes in. But somehow he gets over there, stretches out the glove. Wheeler lifts the puck a bit. It wasn't like Wheeler just shanked it and shot it straight into the pads. 
I mean, he got he got some some air up on the puck. Maybe he could have gotten under the bar, but that's what he would have had to do to beat Markstrom on the play. It was it was that good of a of a of a save. And the Rangers find themselves with a five game win streak. You know, they pad themselves up into the conference a little bit. You know, Carolina does have a game in hand on them, but they find themselves what, six points up right now. Uh, with with a, a, another you know winnable game here against Montreal, I mean a game they they should win. I know you're going on a five game win streak, and you know the six and seven it starts to get you know the the odds of winning and extending it get less and less. But this is a win. This this is a game they they should they should win. I mean you should see them pull out a W against Montreal. Um, but four game uh, five game win streak, and ironically. This team has won all these games and not scored a single goal on the power play. Like I said, they haven't scored on the power play since the Anaheim Ducks game in the uh, on the West Coast trip, which was was back on 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 what January what January twenty first, and we've had seven games since then. So seven games, nothing on the power play. And and I find it, and it's kind of funny. You, you sit there and you're concerned about that, right? Because it's one of the the most lethal, dynamic power plays when it was clicking and when things were working. And they've gone limp. I mean, dead limp. Like break out the Viagra, the Blue Chew, or something. This team needs a shot. Like they they need something to get going because it is it is dead. There is no life there, no pulse right now. And ironically, we. We've always kind of sat there and been like, the Rangers, five on five, can't score. They don't do a good job scoring five on five. And that's not how you win. You can't just rely on your power play. And yet, now we're sitting here going, what the hell? They can't score on the power play. They're not putting up points on, on, on with the man advantage. How the hell How the hell are they going to go anywhere? They, they're not going to go anywhere without it. And yet, here we are with a five-game win streak. So it's it's kind of funny. It is a concern. But it is ironic how, you know, for the past couple of years, we've sat here and said five on five, and the numbers have been bad. Five on five, the numbers are bad. Um, five on five, this team doesn't get it done, and yet here they are coming out of a slump that have they've played some of, I don't know, maybe some of their worst hockey since, since the David Quinn years, which I know is not that far removed. But here they are. They got a five-game win streak and they haven't scored a single power play goal. Now, I know Laviolette has put the lines up into a blender finally. He, he did that, and God, it didn't work against Calgary at all. But something that has emerged out of this, this streak is the emergence of Brodzinski as a third-line center. Now, Nick is going to disagree with me on this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. If we end up recording on Saturday, I'm going to bring this up to him, and I know he's going to tell me, no, 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 you don't want Johnny Brodzinski as your third-line center. And I don't necessarily disagree with him, but the line of Kako, Cooley, and Brodzinski has been dynamic. I mean, they they have been dynamic. They've been a factor in every game. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting setup. I think Brodzinski transitioning over to the third to the center role off the wing has paid dividends on both sides. It's paid dividends for him career-wise because he's never really been able to stick in the NHL. 
and this might, you know, whether it's here or whether it's not, I, I don't know. You know, who knows what the what the future holds there. But I think it gives them more of a look. And it also has kind of energized Capococco, who everybody is ready to kind of just run out of town and go dump for a, you know, mid-30s center in Adam Henrique, which, understandably, you're sitting there and you're going, well, we need, we need a third-line center. And we need a and we need a top right a top line right wing. So you know maybe we ship Kako and XXX and whatever out to Anaheim and get a Henrik and a Vetrano. Even though I know Nick will disagree with me on that, but you know, or do we? Is there a deal to be made with Tarasenko up in Ottawa to get him back? Which is which is probably what's going to happen, to be honest, and and, and what should happen because I, I think they have to do something. Even though Blake Wheeler has played well. And he was probably one of the best forwards on the ice against Calgary. Um, you, I, I don't think you can go into the playoffs with Blake Wheeler as your your top line right winger. Um, but with that line together, you know, just you know, just going back even to the Flames game, you know, Cooley picks up his ninth, a garbage goal which he picked up the other night. Um, you know, kind of cleaning up the the dirty work for cleaning up the dirty work for, for Kako. And you had Brunzinski get his, what, fourth or fifth point or fourth point in five games, I believe the, the numbers were. Uh, picked up his fourth of the season against the, the Blackhawks. That line's been buzzing. And it, it's kind of a, a very complimentary line. You have Brunzinski, who has got a bit of speed, and, is, and probably his game is more suited for the center position. Versus the stopping, starting, and coming off the wall as a winger, you know, being able to to kind of stretch the ice and and give him more more space and more room. You have Kako, who is pro is the best defensive forward on the Rangers and is very strong on the puck, very strong on the wall. And you have Cooley, who will just kind of get into anywhere, get into the dirty areas. He will go to the net. He will score those greasy goals, which you absolutely need. Is critical. For, for your bottom six. And that line has been producing. And producing really well. And then you have, you know, Jimmy Vesey, who is picking up points, you know, left and right. He gets the empty netter against against Calgary to seal it after Igor, which, oh man, I wish Igor hit that freaking empty net. That would have been just the icing on the cake for kind of a rebound game for him. But now if you're the Rangers, you've got two dynamic lines. You know, and it makes things interesting because you have the Trocheck Panarin Laffy line, which you, you can't, you, you really can't, you can't break that up. You have Brzezinski, Cooley, Kako, which right now, as of right now, as of this recording on Wednesday, Valentine's Day, looks really good. You have a fourth line that you probably would like to maybe upgrade that center spot. And you have a top line that you need something to energize and get. Zabanajad and Kreider going. But think of how this team has won five games with Kreider and Zabanajad largely being quiet. Imagine what happens when this team wakes up, when those guys wake up. You know, or they make a deal and they get Tarasenko back and you slot Tarasenko up into that line. Or you know, there's there's combinations. Maybe maybe Laffy goes up there and Tarasenko goes to the Panarin line, which he worked really well with. 
you know, who knows. But if they can get them going and Igor is playing like he did against Calgary, the league better watch out because this team then becomes extremely dangerous. And just imagine five-game win streak, not being able to score on the power play, not being able to do anything on the power play. Power play hasn't even looked good. It's not even like they've gotten chances. Power play has been terrible. But imagine power play starts clicking. You've got Mika March coming up, which we've seen year in and year out. You know, we know what Kreider can do when he's putting in the effort and it's and it's clicking. You now have, you know, whatever tweak they can make to that top line right wing position. You now have a top line. You've got the second line, which is arguably the best of one of the best in the NHL right now. You've got a greasy third line that makes things really interesting and difficult. And you upgrade, you know, if you can make a, a depth move to kind of strengthen your 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 fourth line. And maybe that's as simple as, you know, you get a third line center, you slot Brzezinski down into your fourth line. Who knows? But I think Brzezinski's kind of made things interesting. And Kako's kind of made things interesting too. That line has made things to where you're kind of sitting there going, all right, maybe the jury isn't out. Maybe you're not just saying Kako's a, a trade bait and, and a dangling piece to get something in there to to go forward. Maybe there's something there. Maybe we found, you know... The role. And, you know, is it – do you sit there and you say, well, you know what, second overall pick, that kind of – you know, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Well, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It's not his fault. He went second overall. You're, you you have to, you know, move forward with what you have. Maybe the further development of Kako and who knows, you know, more time in. Look at, you know, Filipino, perfect example. Filipino's been in the NHL for – feels like forever. <laughs> And he's been able, you know, he was developing and he started, you know, it, it, the last two years where it really turned on, you know, we had the emergence in the postseason. And then, you know, I know last postseason was, was a disappointment all around, but, you know, it took him a while to get, get it going. Maybe the same could be for Kako. Who knows? But I think it, it makes things very interesting going into the stadium series, going into the trade deadline coming up. What Chris Drury decides to do, does he do splashes? Does he go bold and, you know, go grab an Adam Henrique and a Vetrano? Does he look to San Jose, maybe go get an Anthony Duclair if the asking for Ottawa with Tarasenko is too high? That's another one that would be interesting. I haven't really heard that all that much is do they go and get the Duke? Do they try to bring Anthony Duclair back? Um, you know, obviously much more developed, much, much better player now. You know, again, another guy that kind of took a long time. Um, to, to kind of figure it out and do they try to bring him back, you know, or is it, you know, the, 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 the quick, the quick brought bringing back of, of Tarasenko, you know, who knows, but I think it's, it's going to be a very interesting trade deadline because I think guys like Kako and Brzezinski have not necessarily made it easy for, for Drury to, to decide what he's going to do. But I also think now maybe it kind of hones into more of, well, I've got my issue on right wing at the top, you know, and we could we could sit there and say, well, you know, by all means, go get Buchnevich back, which would be great. I don't know how you make it work. I don't know how that happens, but it would be fantastic to go get Buchnevich back. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed. I don't know if there's a way to do that. Um, you know, and do you strengthen your third line center or do you look at your fourth line and and try to position there and ride with what you've got 
out of that Brzezinski, Cooley, and Kako line. So it's all really interesting stories coming up, and that was why I really wanted to jump in and do the recording tonight and not kind of postpone it off until until either right before the stadium game or right after. But definitely going to get Nick's take on all of this, and we're going we're gonna to debate this a bit more because I, I, I already know what he's going to say, but I'm not going to spill that. And most of you that are listening probably know what he's going to say anyway. But we've got Montreal, see if the Rangers can extend the win streak to six and then see if they can take care of business on Sunday at the Stadium Series game where they have had very good success outdoors. Um, another big one, MetLife Stadium will be there. Nick and I will be there. Uh, I think Section 343, I believe or so. So on the corner. But it should be awesome. You know, I was... I, I did the Yankee game at Yankee Stadium against the Islanders, the Carcillo, the Carcillo game, and it was a blast. You know, we sat lower, so we really didn't get a good we didn't get a good view. Or I didn't get a good view of the ice. I know Nick wasn't at that one, but I didn't get a good view of the ice. But um, this one, we're going a bit upstairs, up into the the wind tunnel. <laughs> so hopefully, the wind stays down. That's my my biggest concern is the wind because I think temperature wise, it's going to be pretty decent for February. Not like the last couple of days, but it'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, until then, maybe we'll talk to you guys on Saturday. Maybe I'll get a a pre a pre run in, or we'll be recapping. You know, hopefully uh, a a seven game win streak uh, come Monday night. So thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next time. And by the way, we're now on TikTok, and we are on Instagram. So if you look up 30 on Broadway on TikTok, give us a follow on there. We're putting some clips up, some different things, just trying to get a little bit more exposure on the podcast as well as as on Instagram. It's 30 on Broadway on everywhere. Uh, Give us a like, a follow, all that jazz, all that fun stuff. You know all those things. And we will talk to you guys next time.